This is AMA Fantasy Football, the only fantasy football podcast dedicated solely to you, the fans. Email us your questions at amafantasyfootball at gmail.com or hit us up on Twitter at amafantasy, and we guarantee your questions will be answered. Now, here is your host, Ellie Berkovitz. Good afternoon, everybody. Hope you're all staying safe, and welcome to another edition of AMA Fantasy Football. You can find us on Twitter at AMA Fantasy. I am your host, Eli Berkovitz, and you can find me on Twitter at Book of Eli underscore NFL. Today on AMA, I'm very excited to welcome Lauren Carpenter from the FF Ballers, Fantasy Pros, and Roto World. She is all over the place, doing great work for the fantasy community. So thank you for coming on, Lauren. How you doing? Thank you for having me again. I'm doing great. Yeah. Great. Yeah, Lauren, this is Lauren's second time on AMA, and I'm extremely appreciative of her coming on again before the season starts to get everyone some some last-minute draft advice and hopefully help you out with maybe some pickups after the draft. But um, before we get started with that, Lauren, so you've been doing all this work for the FF Ballers and Fantasy Pros and now Roto World, so maybe... Just give the listeners a quick rundown of some of the stuff you're doing and where they can find it all this year. Sure. So um, I have my own website. It's uh, stepmomlauren.com. So all of the work I do, I know it's scattered around three different websites. I put a link to all of my work on my website. Sometimes it takes me a few days to update. (laughs) Sorry about that. But yeah, you can find um, like podcast appearances, all my articles, videos, everything I've done is going to be over there. Uh, basically, I'm going to be covering uh, the waiver uh, waiver article, uh, which covers the podcast for the fantasy footballers. But I also do my own little opinion pieces in there as well, just to kind of give you guys an idea of who you should be targeting in season for those players who may be available on the waiver wire. Yeah. I'm also going to be looking at um, five burning questions we need to know going into each week. That's going to be for fantasy pros. And then I'm covering Daily Dose for Roto World, which is super exciting. I will be recapping the Thursday games, Sunday games, news, information, all that all that fun stuff. But again, you can find it all on my website, or you can find it at FF Ballers, Fantasy Pros, and Roto World. Yeah, so everyone, you heard it here. She's all over the map, but if you want to find it all in one convenient place, her website, Stepmom Lauren, is the place to go. You'll find everything there. And Lauren, before we get to the fans' questions, I thought... Real quick, if you have any last-minute draft advice for people who haven't drafted yet, whether it's targeting a certain player, avoiding a certain player, maybe a certain strategy, any just last-minute advice for people who are going to be drafting? Oh, man. Um, I did not take my own advice on this one over the weekend. (laughs) Don't get hammered when you draft, although my draft didn't turn out too poorly. But it it was kind of a mess that whole day, so... Whatever, I take no responsibility for that whatsoever. But don't get hammered when you draft, y'all. Just public service announcement. Um, eat food when you draft. Um, have fun. Be flexible in your strategies. Um, if have, everyone hasn't heard yet, um, Adrian Peterson is with the Lions right now. So um, yeah. Antonio Gibson is the de facto heir there. So I am very excited about him. He's inching up draft boards quite quickly. So if you can grab him in some of the later rounds, or if you've already drafted, go see if he's available on the waiver wire. I know this Adrian Peterson news is a few days old, so maybe not, but he's always worth a look. Yeah, I'm definitely with you on that. Antonio Gibson looks like someone that everyone's going to be targeting. And yeah, don't get hammered during your drafts. I, I didn't listen to that advice myself the other night, and I actually ended up having one of those classic, you forget who's on your team. And then oh, you man. pick someone who's on the same team, and it's like, what did I just, 
what did I just do? But uh, yeah, look, that's the risk you take when yeah, you. You yeah. Know, like we were, it was in like my bar, my bar league, if you will, and we were having such trouble <laughs> getting everyone into the draft room that we ended up starting two hours late, and we're oh, at wow. a bar, so <laughs> we're getting discount on our drinks anyway. And I was like huffing them down, like not even realizing <laughs> how many I had already had trying to help people get into the draft room when we ended up just drafting offline anyway. Oh, man. <laughs> but the worst part was I had to come home and do a second draft at home. Oh no! So day. I was like, I don't remember the first half of that draft either. <laughs> Luckily, I've been in so many that it was kind of autopilot, so my team didn't turn out too horribly, which was quite nice. Plus, my friends and my husband were here shoving food in my face. Oh, yeah, that that always helps. Yeah. Drink water, eat food. I'm like, oh, what a great idea. Yeah. Where were you two hours ago? (laughs) Yeah, basically, (laughs) your fantasy draft is the equivalent of running a marathon. Hydrate. Eat some food. Don't get too drunk. Um, the next day, I had two more drafts as well. Oh, wow. So it was like a marathon weekend, and I started off on the way wrong foot. So <laughs> Yikes, okay. yeah. So you started it off <laughs> drunk and hungover for the weekend. Perfect. fantastic. Oh, that's fantastic. awesome. <laughs> well, all right, Lauren. So let's just jump into the fan questions. And everyone who sent one in, I really appreciate it. We've got some great questions today. And our first one comes in via email from Phil in Brooklyn. He wants to know... What the hell do I do about the Denver backfield, which has been something I've been trying to figure out myself all off season. So how how do you see that going down in Denver? Oh, Phil, <laughs> you if I knew this answer, man, I would I would put a lot of money on my take on this and then retire a, a bazillionaire. Um, I have no idea what to do either here. This is my take on it, and I could be totally wrong, but I don't really care. Um, <laughs> I am never going to discount Philip Lindsay ever again. Um, I've done it twice, and I've been burned twice. I'm not saying that you know Philip Lindsay is going to be the RB one. Uh, I'm not saying that he is going to you know take over Melvin Gordon's spot there. However, I do like his value the best out of that entire run situation yeah. going on in Denver. Um, News out of camp, uh, from what I last heard, is that Melvin Gordon was kind of struggling with the altitude, which I wholeheartedly understand. I can't handle altitude, and my time in Denver was basically abysmal because I thought I was going to die the whole time. But, um, yeah, so he's struggling with that, and it's a real thing. Um, And he also hasn't played a full 16 games in two years. So his sustainability is in question. Um, Not that he's injury-prone, but he runs really hard. He runs aggressive. He's just ground and pound. So... I do worry about his sustainability, and I think the de facto heir there is going to be Philip Lindsay, and you can get him super late. I love him in PPR formats, and the the man is very explosive when he's on the field, and he wants to make a statement in the NFL as an undrafted free agent again, and he doesn't really care who's standing in his way. He's going to get it done, and and I and I like Philip Lindsay the best. Uh, his value's the best in drafts, and he is the one that I am targeting, not so much Melvin Gordon. Yeah, um, I'm with you on that. I think. I mean, last I saw a report saying that it's going to be somewhere around the 50-50 split, but but number one, I, I don't see, at least in the beginning of the year, I think that will shift towards Lindsay a bit more, at least because of his familiar, familiarity with the offense. And I agree with you. Melvin Gordon is going, you know, in the, in the fourth, fifth rounds of drafts, and you could get Lindsay near the double-digit rounds. Yeah. And I like that value way more. So, and yeah. I got him in the 10th round in two different drafts wow. last weekend. Yeah, that's that's terrific value. Because believe them, as soon as Melvin Gordon showed up, it was like, bye, Philip Lindsay. I'm like, yeah. I wonder what this folks says who? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm totally with you. I mean, 
Look, Melvin Gordon will be annoying that he's there and he might take some goal line work, but Lindsay has shown us that he's legitimately talented. It wasn't just because of volume. He was efficient. He didn't even get that much work because you had Royce Freeman there and Devontae Booker. So I like Lindsay's value way more. I'm not overly excited about either because they might cancel each other out. But if you're targeting one, I'd definitely go with Lindsay later than Gordon. So I'm with you on that, Lauren. And our second question comes in from Instagram from JJ88. He wants to know, is Emmanuel Sanders kind of flying under the radar right now as the wide receiver two on the Saints? JJ, yes, I think so. And this is maybe an unpopular opinion because everyone just assumes that the Saints don't really sustain a wide receiver two. Very similar to the storyline we have in Green Bay. Yeah. I disagree. So Mike Wright from the Fantasy Footballers brought this up, and I was going to do this before, and then I forgot. <laughs> I need to figure out exactly what it was, and then I'll tweet it out. But it was something like, other than the past two or three years, I believe Drew Brees and the Saints have been able to sustain a top 20 wide receiver, too. Again, don't quote me on those specifics, but it is definitely a possibility, and if someone's going to get it done, it's going to be Emmanuel Sanders. You know Michael Thomas is going to be drawing all of those defenses. Yeah. I mean, he's going to be double-covered all the time. So... When, you know, in years past, we're talking about Traquan Smith or Emmanuel Sanders. I'm putting my faith into Emmanuel Sanders <laughs> yeah. there. I think he can get it done. And again, his value is so great. You can get him so late in drafts that even if he doesn't hit, it's okay. Yeah. You can at least stash him on your bench or you can drop him if you absolutely have to because of whatever COVID or injury concerns that you have. It's okay. You're not wasting a ton of draft capital. So I, I have no problem taking Emmanuel Sanders. In fact, I do have him again as <laughs> another guy that I, I went after late in draft because, you know, instead of taking a flyer on a younger guy or maybe a guy I'm, I'm not super sure of, I know who Emmanuel Sanders is. Exactly. I've seen him perform. I know his talent. And if he can get it done in any offense, it's going to be the high-flying New Orleans Saints with Drew Brees. So I, I'll take it all day long. Yeah. No, I think, I mean, so many people have just, like, overlooked him because he's a little bit older he's on a new team but he's on a new team with finally for the first time in his career a legitimately good quarterback and this is someone who has three thousand yard seasons under his belt in denver with bad quarterback play so yes you have michael thomas who's going to dominate target share but he's also going to dominate double teams on defense and drew Brees is smart and if he sees someone open he's going to throw him the ball and emmanuel sanders like you said i trust way more than traquan smith Yes. I mean, he's you know he has a nice explosive play here and there, but he's not proven to be consistent whatsoever. So, yeah, Emmanuel Sanders going as wide receiver 42, which is, Crazy. yeah, absurd to me. And I'm a little bit jealous of you, Lauren, because you're mentioning all these drafts you have and all the players you got this year for the first <laughs> time ever. I'm in one league, and it's giving me oh, panic wow. attacks because oh it's God. like... I don't know what to do with myself. I know, because like, all my eggs like... are in one basket, and <laughs> oh, I'm... No. I'm freaking out. So it's like I didn't get shares of most players, obviously. I just have one league. I just got to hope it works out. But I really wanted to get Sanders, but someone grabbed him right before me. But he got him, like, in the 12th round, which is crazy. So like you said, if it doesn't work out, you drop him, and and you're fine. But I think he will definitely return that value in the double-digit rounds. And I will go ahead and put a little caveat on that, too. Um, I am bringing Jared Cook down because I am bringing Emmanuel Sanders up. So just keep that in mind, too. I am not as high on Jerry Cook as I was in in years past. I think there's going to be touchdown regression. And, again, I think Emmanuel Sanders is going to be taking some of those targets away from him. Um, I still think he's going to be good, and I still think he's going to be a top 10 uh, or a P1, which is not terribly hard to do. But 
I'm taking Jared Cook out a little bit, and so Jared Cook is going late as well. So if yeah. I had to have my choice between Jared Cook and Emmanuel Sanders, I will take Emmanuel Sanders. Just make sure you have your tight end positions shored up, and do not rely on Jared Cook to be that yeah. tight end starting guy for you unless you have a flyer you want to take out like Blake Jarwin or Chris Herndon that might hit later. Yeah, I agree. No, yeah, because, I mean, I believe uh, Cook had nine touchdowns last year, and I yeah. I doubt he repeats that, so I'm with yeah, you. Yeah, that's tough to do. Yeah, so, yeah, he'll probably have some touchdown regression, uh, which will drop him down a bit, so that's a good point. And then moving on to probably, I mean, other than the Denver backfield, maybe the other most confusing backfield in the NFL, coming from Cindy on Facebook about the Niners backfield. Is Raheem Mostert actually going to be the guy in San Francisco this year? Uh, they just said it was from Cindy at Facebook. Yeah. How you doing, Cindy? Um, okay. No. <laughs> I don't know. Okay, so the 49ers backfield is always so crazy, right? They really love their running back by committee. Yeah. Uh, they did get rid of Matt Breida. They did keep – so this is interesting. Um, Jeff Wilson was actually signed to their 53-man roster. Now, I know that might seem strange. Why am I bringing that up? I'm bringing that because he was not signed week one to their 53-man roster last year. They elevated him after week yeah. one. So they believe in this running back by committee approach. That's why I bring it up. Because even though Matt Breida was shipped out, Jeff Wilson is still yeah. in. You have Mostert. Um, out of those backfield, though, I will target Mostert. He has fallen down to draft boards, which I am very happy with, especially – if I'm drafting later, yeah. if you're in like a 10 to 12 person league and you got those last, you know, two to three yeah. picks, which are always such a bummer, that's okay. <laughs> there is later rounds running back value this year, I think more so than there have been in years past. So I'm totally okay with targeting wide receiver studs that that late, you know, the at the turn, when yeah. you get the very end, like, you know, uh, Tyreek Hill, Julio Jones, uh, Devontae Adams, something like that. And then you can go ahead and grab Raheem, uh, Raheem Mostert fourth, fifth, or sixth round, I think is where he's going right now. Mm -hmm. um, I do not mind having that in PPR formats. Um, if he's going to be the guy, I doubt it. That's just not how the 49ers offense works. But I think he should see a lion's share of the volume. But also understand there will be games where he doesn't, because that's just how Shanahan does it. Yeah, so that that's kind of where I was that. I mean, I just actually drafted Mostert in my only league, but even I will admit that it's pretty unlikely he's going to end up being a true workhorse kind of back. Like, they clearly like to split up carries. But and they're that, creative in the way that they use their running backs as well. They yeah. don't usually stick to traditional type roles. Exactly. So, I mean, I'm just hoping Mostert gets the goal line work and is technically the starter and then yeah you'll have your change of pace guys but i'm just banking on Mostert being at least the on the depth chart the rb1 and get some goal line work and yeah i mean i got him i got him in the seventh round which i thought he fell way oh, too far yeah, yeah that's awesome so like i was nervous I forget about him too, so. yeah that's the thing i think like we drafted in person live so we were doing the rankings on paper and i'm looking down at all the crossed off names and Mostert's, you know 10 spots up and not crossed off i was like Makes me nervous, but I gotta take the risk because yeah. he worth could. Yeah, worth it though. At that at that value, totally worth it. Yeah, I think I think he could be at the very least, you know, set you know, flex option for sure. So absolutely, and I would love to have Mostert on my team as well if that tells you anything. Cindy. <laughs> yeah. So Cindy, yeah, hopefully if you do have Mostert, you should be good to go. And now here comes another email. This one from Greg in Detroit. Will Adrian Peterson, like you mentioned, now a part of the Lions? Will he actually be a part of this team's rushing attack? Is he going to ruin DeAndre Swift's upside? How do you see that all going down? 
Greg from Detroit. Uh, my husband is also from the Detroit area, so Lions fans unite. I am a by proxy Lions fan. Saints okay. fan, you know, for my love of the city, um, even though I'm from St. Louis, and I digress. <laughs> so Adrian Peterson is so interesting going to the Lions. So, so interesting. So there is a rekindling of a coach-player relationship there. Uh, Daryl Bevel, or Bevel, I don't know how to pronounce his last yeah, name. Yeah, Bevel, I it twice in two different ways, so I think it's Bevel. I don't know. But he and Adrian Peterson from his days back in the Vikings were there. So that intrigues me. Mm-hmm. Now, if he's going to get a ton of the work, I don't know. That is going to be really weird. Matt Patricia has been very vague. I think he said something like, we'll see. Like, <laughs> yeah. Thank, thank you. you. Thanks thank for you your for help. That. Yeah. <laughs> that is way specific. Thanks, <laughs> Matt Patricia. Appreciate you, coach. Uh, so I'm, I'm, not, I'm not entirely sure. But here's how I kind of see it playing out. Carolina Johnson, bless him. Love him. I think he's super talented. Weird offseason, abbreviated, shortened, no preseason. Lots of soft tissue injuries happening already. I have a feeling that Kerryon Johnson is going to fail to complete a full 16 yeah. games again this year. Um, and I don't want to wish that upon him. It's just kind of the reality that I see. I also see DeAndre Swift getting over his leg injury a little bit faster. So I would say in the beginning it's going to be a carry-on Johnson slash Adrian Peterson mix in there, possibly snipering some touchdowns, which is very annoying. Um, And then once DeAndre Swift gets his feet underneath him, he's going to be featured in that pass-catching role, I think, for Matt Stafford. So I'm not too worried about Adrian Peterson ruining DeAndre Swift's upside. I do not think he will. I think Matt Stafford is going to come back and rekindle the bromance he had in that offense, and he's going to be super high-flying yet again. Um, He's going to be wanting to crush volume records. So I don't worry about DeAndre Swift with Adrian Peterson. I do worry about on Johnson. Yeah, so I I look at – six. Yeah, no, I mean, I I look at – Adrian Peterson, like you said, maybe the first month of the season, he has somewhat of a role, maybe a goal line role, and but but Carrion has not proven really that he can stay healthy, like you said. So, I, I Swift. I mean, the the one thing I, I have an issue with this backfield is that it's the Lions, and somehow the Lions take running back talent. No offense, Greg. Yeah, and it goes and it goes to die um, in Detroit. So Swift, I liked him coming out of college. We'll have to see what kind of role he ends up getting when he comes back from his injury. But, yeah, if there's one guy I'm targeting, it's going to be Swift just for the upside. I don't yeah. trust Carrion to stay healthy, and what what are you really getting out of AP? So Yeah, he's one of those starter backup opportunity looks um, that would not be bad to have on your roster. I don't want to use the word handcuffs. We're staying away from those kind of terms. But <laughs> so what I mean by the start and the backup here is going to be like either Carrion as the starter or DeAndre Swift as the backup <laughs> for now, and then DeAndre Swift with Carrion, and then yeah. possibly throw an Adrian Peterson there. I know that's kind of confusing, but there's a mojo around the Lions this year that is different than I, I feel has been going around with the Lions. A lot of really good hype, a lot of positive hype from them, especially with this momentum that Matt Stafford had going last year. So if he can get that back up again, look for some really interesting things coming out of coming out of Detroit that may surprise a lot of people. I think they've got a big chip on their shoulder. They're ready to stop living under that cloud of players go to Detroit to die, which yeah. I have said a hundred times. So it's like, you know, but hey, prove me wrong, right? Yeah. I'm from the show me state. You gotta show me, right? Yeah. But I think this year is one of those years where We'll be surprised with, with what the Lions are able to do in a, in a playoff. A playoff picture for them is is well within their reach, which I, I hope to see. I'm actually I'm with you on that. I, I I'm a Packers fan, and I do some NFC North oh. podcasts. And I've 
actually pick the Lions as a team who could be a surprise team in the NFC North. Um, I just think they're underrated. Stafford, like you said, was terrific last year. They have a great trio of receivers. You got talent in the backfield. It's really, I think, going to come down to their defense. But yeah, I agree with you. The Lions could be a surprise team. And yeah. like Matthew Stafford going in like the 12th, 13th round is just insane value every day. I mean, do you have part of Matt Stafford on your only? <laughs> so I waited till the last round of my draft to pick a QB. And there was Matthew Stafford and Aaron Rodgers there. And the guy right before me took Stafford. No! Yeah. So I was that's like, a Packers fan. I'm sure you're okay with taking Aaron Rodgers. So that's the thing. I'm a Packers fan. And Stafford. I have, and I have Devonte Adams. So I have a stack. Okay, I got the Rodgers Adams stack. So I'm not, I'm not too disappointed, but when that guy, and he took Stafford as a backup, which was just offensive. Ouch. Right. It's like the guy had Kyler Murray and you're drafting a backup. Ouch. People who draft backup quarterbacks need to reconsider their life. But <laughs> Normally, I would 100% agree with you, except in this year, I am totally okay. And if you're in a 2QB league, this if you year. have three, I'm okay with that because of all of the injuries and because of COVID. Um, I, I don't like having to scour um, the, the dreads of the waiver <laughs> wire because I don't have a starting quarterback for two weeks. You know what I mean? Yeah. So this year, more than anything, I'm okay with taking a backup. But maybe but yeah. you shouldn't wait until yeah. that late to take your quarterback See, the, just in case. Yeah, the problem was I was I had the eighth pick and nine and ten picked their quarterbacks early, so I was like, they're is not going to pick. Still available, and is Daniel Jones still available in your league? Yes, they are. I would pick up Daniel Jones as a and backup. Dash him as your backup just in case. I think Jones. Yeah, I think there's some upside on the Giants' offense. Yeah, they it also might, have... it might take him a few weeks to get going, but Daniel Jones will be a really solid replacement in case Rodgers is too disappointing. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping he isn't too disappointing, but I am with you, Josh. Uh, Daniel Jones is someone going basically undrafted, who I think does have some sneaky upside. Yeah. And in, in a good. Especially in the right matchup. Yeah, for okay. sure. I mean, we he saw we saw last year a few games from him, so he looks pretty interesting. And now here comes our final question of the day. Another one coming in from Facebook from Oscar. He wants to know who is someone that you think could be a league winner as a tenth plus round Ooh. pick. Oh, this is a good one. Yeah, this one had okay. me stumped for a minute here. This one had me stumped too, and I had my rankings up here. You talk, Eli. While right, I so, this back up. so my pick. So I went with um, Jalen Rager, who's going right around the double-digit rounds, and I know he's injured right now, but I think when he comes back, he has a pretty legitimate shot to be the number one receiver in Philadelphia. Alshon Jeffrey and Deshaun Jackson are never healthy, and they're really just not that good. They haven't been that good at least for a while. Right now, he's being picked 171st overall, which is just crazy. And it seems like, at worst, he might miss the first few games, but you're not picking a rookie to start him the first few weeks anyway. So I think he's a good stash late in drafts. And if he comes back and he hits, you're going to be very happy because he's very fast, versatile. I think he could end up being in the return game, get a couple carries. Um, I really like Jalen Rager. I wish the Packers could have got him in the draft, honestly, but the Eagles yeah, got right. him. But I think him and Wentz could be a good connection, so that's what I'm going with. I like it. So now I remember why I had to have my rankings up, because there's too many that I like <laughs> yeah. in late, late this year. But the one that stands out to me the most, if 
it hits, obviously, is <laughs> going to be Deontay Johnson for the Pittsburgh Steelers. So he's going right around, I think, the 10-04, middle of the 10th round. And he's been one that I've been targeting late in drafts um, a lot. In fact, in my home league, I have a, a crazy, stupid stack, which was dumb of me to do, but I couldn't pass it up. I have Ben Roethlisberger, Juju Smith-Schuster, and, and Deontay Johnson. I have all three of them, and I don't care. I even have <laughs> Le'Veon Bell, too. I was, like, really Let's trying just go. to harness yeah. my inner, like, you know, killer bees there. But... Um, I like Deontay Johnson a lot. In 2018, which was, you know, Ben Roethlisberger's last real year, yeah. um, he ha- he led the NFL in passing volume, all right? So that was like, I think, 65% of his targets went to the wide receiver position. Now, wide receiver one, wide receiver two only had like a 0.3% difference. It was 249 to 24.6% of those targets. Mm-hmm. So, and I understand one of them was Antonio Brown, totally get it. Um, but Deontay Johnson is kind of that... AB-esque type of player. Not that I'm saying he is AB, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, And even if the volume is close between one and two, you're still looking at a guy that's going to get targets. And if he was able to produce under Duck Hodges and, you know, Rudolph, Rudolph, you know, Mason Rudolph. Yeah, Mason Rudolph. Yeah, I forgot his first name. I've heard a couple other nicknames for him going around, so I wanted to make sure I got his correct name. Yeah. Mason Rudolph. Um, he had got like um, eight, 92 targets or something and five touchdowns. Yeah. And he did great, and he was a rookie. So I, and Ben Roethlisberger was there to watch the whole thing happen. So I, I think that he is going to be one of those guys that sees a ton of targets. Um, he may not see the red zone as often very early, but I think that will change as the season progresses and Ben builds some chemistry with him. But he's the one that I that I see. It's not James Washington. Yeah, no, if I it agree. If James Washington, I will cry, but it <laughs> no. shouldn't be. Exactly. I have been saying all all off season, like my sleeper guy late is is Deontay Johnson. I think we've seen the wide receiver two in Pittsburgh, if Ben's healthy, is a great spot to be in. Yeah. And I guess I spoke about him a bit too much because my own brother sniped him from me in my draft. Oh, yeah, he he was two picks before me and he took him and I was ready to are take him. We, are, you, like, are you still speaking terms? Like, yeah. Are you still speaking no. right now? Are you still, are you still speaking? Yeah, are you still like, talking? It's my turn. Are you still talking right now? Are you It took me a couple rounds, but we, we worked it okay. out. We worked it out. That is, that's very big of you. I yeah. don't know if I'd be able to do that. Yeah, no, especially, you know, I mean, he went and listened to, my, to the podcast, heard that I like Johnson, and stolen. What can you do? Classic brother move. I'm not, I'm not too is. surprised, but... Um, yeah, so uh, Lauren, those are all the fan questions. Everyone who sent one in, I really appreciate it. And we're going to play a quick round of fantasy buy or sell right after we take a quick commercial break. All right, and we're back here on AMA Fantasy Football, and we're going to close out the show with a couple of buy or sell topics for Lauren. Uh, some really interesting ones, I think. So we'll just kick it off with number one buy or sell. Someone other than Michael Thomas finishes as wide receiver one this year. Oh, this is so hard. I'm not buying this. I'm selling it. Sorry, Michael Thomas. Yeah, look, I mean, the volume in PPR leagues, I don't think anyone's going to be able to beat out Michael Thomas. Maybe in standard or half PPR, the only person I could maybe put my money on, and maybe it sounds biased, but I would go with Devontae Adams. Adams. Just I because agree. the touchdowns, I mean, he catches so many touchdowns and He's going to be the Michael Thomas in Green Bay. He's going to get every target. Yep. So he's the only other guy that I would consider at that spot. So, but yeah, either one of those two are going to be pretty damn good this year if they're playing 16 games. And now this one is really interesting because no one drafted him, which I was surprised in my league. But by yourself, Cam Newton will finish the top 10 QB. Yeah, somehow no one drafted him, and that was really surprising. Wow. Okay. I'm buying this. 
Okay. I think. Okay, <laughs> I'm buying this with a caveat. So I'm definitely buying that Cam Newton is, can finish as a QB1, mm-hmm. maybe not top 10. So okay. Maybe 11 or 12. Okay. Yeah, but I'm, I still think he's going to be up there. Yeah, so, so yeah. I had him. Yeah, I had him inside my top fifteen. So I, you know, because I think unfortunately the rushing volume won't be there because the injuries. Mm-hmm. So he's still Cam Newton. He's playing on the Patriots, who I always believe are going to be good. I don't care if they're starting anyone at quarterback. It's Bill Belichick. They're going to be good. So if yeah. he's healthy, yeah, I think Cam is going to be worthy of a roster spot and probably finish either a QB one or very close to it. So. I'm going to look at him as a backup option. Anyone who, if he's, if he's on your waiver wire, I would definitely pick him up. Um, and now it seems like your favorite player in fantasy, maybe. <laughs> Buy or sell on Antonio Gibson living up to all this hype. I'm buying it. I'm buying it. There's a reason why people brought his name up before they even really had a reason to get rid of Darius Geis, right? Yeah. So it's not like he is just some no-name that they pick up off the street. He's obviously talented. Um, and they even got rid of Adrian Peterson yeah. to, to give this guy a shot. They're so impressed with what he was able to do in camp. So I do. I'm buying this. I think he will live up to the hype. And for everyone who was able to draft him super late, um, congratulations, because I think you have an RB1 on your squad. Yeah, so unfortunately, by the time I drafted, Adrian Peterson was already released. So I think someone grabbed Gibson in like the fifth, which yeah. for me, I mean, I get it, but we don't even play in full PPR. It makes me a little bit nervous that. But, yeah, I mean, anywhere between the end of the fifth, sixth, seventh, for sure a good value on him. We know he's going to catch a ton of passes. He's going to run the ball also. I mean, I'm a little nervous that he only has 33 career rushes, but you don't cut Adrian Peterson if you don't believe you have someone capable behind them. So Right, right, right. That's a good point to bring up PPR. That's yeah, the PPR, that's big. I mean, if you're in a standard league, he definitely gets dropped down. But, yeah, most, I mean, if, who's playing in standard leagues anymore? Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, full PPR, Gibson's a great value. If you drafted early and you got him late, you are really in a good spot. And even if you're still drafting, you haven't drafted yet, I would target him in those middle rounds. I really, really like him in PPR. I think, yeah, he could be an interesting player. And then we'll, we'll finish off with one more buy or sell. One of the players I find really interesting this year, Hayden Hurst. Will he finally live up to that first-round pick and have a breakout season on the Falcons? I think so. Um, Week six, five or six, I think is when you're really going to see him explode. I think it might take him just a few weeks to get his feet wet. I think it's going to happen for a lot of players in this league who have had to change teams new environment. Um, it's just going to take some reps in real-life football when you don't have the preseason and you have an abbreviated offseason, I think. So not like I know. I've never played the <laughs> NFL, so what do I know? But that's kind of what I'm seeing. But Hayden Hurst is incredibly talented, and if Austin Hooper can do it, who's also talented, don't get me wrong, um, if, but that, that Falcons offense is just made for fantasy points. And yeah. he is talented enough as well as just a really, really cool person. <laughs> I think he's going to get it done. And, and who are, and Again, may take a few weeks, but I think he will live up to the hype. I love Hayden Hurst. Yeah, Hurst has been my guy all off season. I tried keeping it under wraps. I did a good enough job where I was able to get him in my only league pretty late, like in the ninth or tenth round. And that's, I mean, looking at in Matt Ryan's whole career, he's at two good tight ends, Tony Gonzalez and Austin Hooper. And looking at all their averages, putting it together, they average ninety-seven targets a year. 
Hooper had 97 targets in only 13 games last year. So if Hurst, oh, wow. if Hurst is getting 95-plus targets, there's no way he's not finishing inside the top, probably seven or eight at tight end. So Hayden Hurst, for anyone who's still drafting, if you don't want to spend big on tight end early on Kittle, Kelsey, Andrews, whatever, wait till the 8th through 10th round and target Hayden Hurst. I think he could be a really good value there. And, yeah, that's the fan questions. That's buy or sell. And just real quick about that Falcons offense. Sorry to interrupt. Yeah, go ahead. So, uh, remember, they're basically only running back is Todd Gurley. Yeah. Yeah, by the way, that's an interesting point. I mean, on the run game. So, because he's probably going to be involved in the passing game as well. So, expect a lot of passing volume in this offense from them. What, and I think that helps Hayden Hurst. What are your What are your feelings on Todd Gurley this year? Obviously, very controversial player. Right. But you know, maybe gets maybe gets a new chance on a new offense that, like you said, is made for fantasy points. Are you confident in him? Do you have any shares of him? I have such an unpopular opinion about Todd Gurley. I love him. Oh, I wow. love Todd Gurley. I love him for the Falcons. I personally have a theory about what happened to him in L.A., and I don't even know if I'm right, but I don't think it had very much to do with his arthritic knee. I think that Sean McVay and the offense that he wanted to do was moving to a 12-personnel system, which does not require one bell cow running back like Todd Gurley, and they phased him out of the offense and used his knee as an excuse. They did the same thing with Brandon Cook, so they could have this two tight end split kind of offense. Well, guess who's not on the Rams anymore? (laughs) Todd Gurley and Brandon Cook. So it looks like that's exactly what they want to do moving forward, which makes me like Gerald Everett and Tyler Higbee. But I'm I'm personally convinced that Todd Gurley still has a lot left in the tank. The Falcons are convinced they have a lot left in the tank. The only people that are behind him right now, I think, are a rookie, Edo Smith, and Brian Hill. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Exactly. I mean, the Falcons, yeah, they're... They're not going to be eager to take him off the field for those guys behind him. So, right. like, I get the nervousness about the injuries, but I I was prepared to potentially take Gurley if he fell to me in the fourth, fifth round yep, as, as, a, as my RB2 or even a flex if I already got two running backs because he's Todd Gurley. We know how he's unbelievable, and if he's healthy, he's playing in a great offense and is really, like you said, the only guy there. So, yeah. He's I also get... love David Johnson and Le'Veon Bell, so I must be like <laughs> the, the the lady who loves all the old RBs. Well, I don't know. I'm... I'm just I love their new opportunity. I love David Johnson in Houston. Um, I really like Le'Veon Bell's opportunity with what they've done with the offensive line there and bringing in Frank Gore. I yeah. think that helps Le'Veon Bell. It doesn't hurt him. I think, but it's Adam Gase, who the heck? Yeah, so I mean, yeah, Gaze Gaze could ruin all of that, but I'm with you on Bell. I'm more with you on Bell because he's falling so late at this point. People, it seems like eight out of ten players in a league are not touching Le'Veon Bell. So, like, he fell, I think, to like the fifth or sixth round in my league, and one of the guys got him, and I'm like, yeah, you know what? He could bomb, but that's a great value. He's Le'Veon Bell. We know the talent. He's going to catch a ton of balls. He's going to get every carry. So yeah. I'm with you, even though these guys may have some injury pass, they're a little bit older, but if you look at their offenses, they're the only guys there. So yeah. these teams... And the offensive line changes they've made are interesting in New York. So they added a couple O-linemen who are incredibly athletic and are able to block and tackle in space. So that allows Le'Veon Bell to be more Le'Veon Bell instead yeah. of what Adam Gase was trying <laughs> to make him into last year, which was stupid, but we're talking about Adam Gates. So yeah, Um, So hopefully they use him the way that they say they're going to use him, and they have put pieces around to kind of show me that that's how they're planning on doing. But again, his value is too good, and he's too good. So yeah, I'm taking him. 
I lived a dangerous life. So I'm more <laughs> than willing to take that risk. Yeah, look, I mean, you're looking at getting him as potential RB3 or a flex, and that's Le'Veon right. Bell. So I'm with For you. For RB1 weeks. Yeah, yeah, I mean... You're not spending, there's no more, you know, second, third round picks on Le'Veon Bell. You're getting him in the mid-rounds. It's a good value. I'm with you on those older backs. I think all of them could return on their ADPs. And, yeah, Lauren, so that's that's the fan questions, buy or sell. Really, really appreciate you coming back on once again to help us out before the season. And just before we close out, just remind everyone again where they could find your work and also on social media. Sure. You guys can find me on social media at Stepmom Lauren, L-A-U-R-E-N. Um, I really, I'm more like involved on Twitter. Just so you know, I'm really bad at Instagram. I'm just uh, full disclosure. I haven't it's posted on Instagram, Instagram in probably four years. I don't even know how to I use Instagram. I do words. I don't do pictures. Yeah. So I have so many friends who are trying to help me get better at Instagram, but I guess I'm just too old for that yeah. crap. I can't, I can't <laughs> handle it, but I'm trying. I am trying. So best way to get a hold of me is Twitter, Stepmom Lauren. All of my work is on my website, stepmomlauren.com. Come chat with me. Ask me questions. I love it. Um, I love being able to try to help you win. That's, that's more yeah. important to me than winning myself, if you believe me or not. I love to hear your guys' stories. So, uh, yeah, good luck this season, everyone. It's here. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, okay. by the way, yeah. I mean, we didn't even mention the fact that football's in almost 48 <laughs> hours this week. I it's, can't. Oh, my God. It's almost, yeah, it's almost too hard to believe that we've made it, it this far. Like something's going to happen in the next Right? Like, Are you? I've been holding my breath. Yeah, I've been, ho- I've been holding my breath for a week. I, know, I just right? want that ball to be kicked off. Refreshing my flavor app, like, what news? Yeah, today? what horrible catastrophe are we going to deal with in this 2020 hellscape of a year? But <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> um, hopefully everyone in, in two days will all be watching football, and it's going to be amazing. And again, follow Lauren on Twitter. She's one of my favorite follows in the entire app. She does great oh, advice. And she will definitely hit you up if you have any fan any questions. She'll be there for you. And if you have any questions for us here on the show, you can find us at a, on Twitter at AMA Fantasy. And you can find me on Twitter at Book of Eli underscore NFL. Thank you all for listening. Have a great day and stay safe, everyone. We're out.